Well, good morning. Welcome to church. Whether you're watching online or here in person, it's good to see you. It's good to have you here this morning. Good to be here. We are in a new series called New Year, and wow, what a year. What a, what a couple years it's been. You know, many of us probably thought, whew, 2022, come on. <laughs> you know, many of us probably thought a new year, a new beginning, a new start, and yet we find ourselves still one step forward, two steps back, in the midst of uncertainty and stress. We would probably be delighted to just put all of it behind us, to just move on forward. And yet, it's good at times like this to remember that sometimes it's on the, the less than perfect seasons where God most where, does his amazing work, where we most sense God working in our midst. There was a song that I heard this week that reminded me of that, and some of you know the song, God Bless the Broken Road, That Leads Me Straight to You. And I heard that song this week, and the lyrics said that uh, some, God's road, his broken road, can lead us to a grander plan, something much larger than we might ever have. And I was just reminded of that when I was uh, in a study looking at this man that we're going to look today named Moses. Moses discovered his broken road, his less than perfect season, his less than perfect life could be redeemed by God and used powerfully by him. So we're going to begin by taking a look in Exodus chapter three this morning and we're just gonna read that passage um, I'm going to start with the first sentence of that passage is so telling. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. And we pause right there for a minute. What? Moses? Mighty man Moses? The prince of Egypt? Moses? Uh, the, the one who was uh, this mighty leader who is going to be leading uh, the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt, this Moses, the, the man who would lead a couple of million people through the wilderness, Moses, this man uh, who is, is tending somebody else's sheep, this man is shoveling sheep manure, <laughs> tending somebody's flock, I think of that verse, despise not the day of small beginnings, because we see Moses tending his father-in-law sheep, and then it goes on, the priest of Midian, it says, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, 
Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now here's what I hope that we'll consider today, is that nothing that you and I have been through, nothing that you and I go through will ever be wasted. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we get into this passage this morning, touch our hearts, speak to our hearts, O God. I think of this truth, Lord, that how you use every aspect of our life as we place it in your hands for our good, O God, and for your glory. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you enjoy watching birds? <laughs> Eagles particularly are something that my husband and I enjoy uh, seeing every now and then. Just recently, we were driving around and we saw an eagle sitting on the edge of some ice, looking down into an opening in the water. I mean, it's just beautiful to watch. And then yesterday, as I was driving um, near the marsh on Pine Point Road, I looked up and toward the left, and there was a, a beautiful bald eagle sitting in the tree looking out over the marsh. I mean, they are incredible to watch, incredible birds, especially when they take off in flight. But it's interesting to me that, that God uses um, several passages, there's several passages in the Bible that God uses to really teach us um, through eagles. There are times we see that God creates, like for an eagle, an environment where, where we can be nurtured, where we can be nourished um, in our Christian walk, um, where we can be developed as followers of Christ um, for a period of time. There's seasons in our life where we can just be nurtured in this journey of faith. We like those times. But then, when the time is right, the Bible says, as the eagle stirs her nest, in Deuteronomy 30 to 11, as the eagle stirs her nest, and I don't know how many of you know this, but I did a little research about eagles this week. As baby eagles get bigger, they really just, they don't wanna just leave the nest. They're really enjoying where they are, right? But as baby eagles get bigger, she starts plucking out the comfortable stuff in the nest. She starts, you know, tossing it to the wind, you could say, the soft leaves, the rabbit's fur, the long vines, until all that's left are hard, thorny places. <laughs> the babies sit back and try to rest <laughs> where they always rested, and they find they can't rest where they used to rest. Many of you know that feeling. <laughs> what was once familiar has become uncomfortable. What was once familiar has, 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 is not restful. And, and many of you know that there are times, occasionally, God will make things uncomfortable. There are times he will stir you up to get you out of your comfort zone, to, to get you out of your lazy boy, to, to give you a sense of purpose where you can stretch and, and, and use spiritual gifts you didn't even know you had, perhaps, where you discover you're an eagle. Uncomfortable situations are often used to teach us how to soar. Because 
look at Moses. God put Moses in a pretty cushy situation. If you remember the story, while his people were out there in the hot sun, sweating, trying to make bricks out of, uh, with no straw, Moses was being fanned in the palace, having grapes dropped into his mouth. He grew up in the lap of luxury, in the seat of the Egyptian empire, under the covering of an Egyptian pharaoh whose daughter fell in love with the baby Moses, who brought him in and raised him up. And, and, and Moses was in, exposed to the best educational systems that Egypt had to offer, and he was just immersed in that nest. Acts 7.22 said Moses was educated in the, all the learning of Egypt, and he was a man of power in word and deeds, the good life until God stirred the nest. You can always tell when God stirs a nest <laughs> because all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden the food stops coming. Mama Eagle isn't dropping as much food into my mouth as she used to. Here come the problems and all those thorns are poking up. And for Moses, the thorns and the thistles really started with Moses murdering an Egyptian guard and all of his people knowing about it and talking about it and, and rising up against him. And all of a sudden, he had to get out of the nest and leave the palace with the marble floors and the gold columns and the big fans and the grapes being served to him and the wine being served to him and somebody to bathe him and somebody to train him. All of that shut down. <laughs> and he escapes into the desert. One bad moment, an anger moment, has placed him in the wilderness, and all of a sudden his whole identity was shaken. And this is a big deal for Moses because he, he, his identity has always you know, been a problem. He was a Hebrew boy raised with the Egyptians, but he really wasn't Egyptian. He, he was too Hebrew to be Egyptian and too Egyptian to be Hebrew. Uh, anyone here have a background that's complicated? <laughs> anyone here have a resume that, that has to be censored? <laughs> anyone here have a testimony uh, where you want to leave a part out? <laughs> you just as soon skip because it's complicated, right? There's certain parts you just as soon skip. Uh, Mom was a good mother, but it's complicated. Dad was a good man, but it's complicated. I grew up a happy child, but it's complicated. <laughs> when you hear people throw out that word, but, <laughs> you know, there are some extenuating circumstances, right? I, I can tell you all about this part, but then there's all that other stuff. Right, but isn't it true that, that all of it, all of that stuff, all of that other stuff has helped shape who we are just as much as the, as the good stuff? And Moses was his own man. He was educated. He was strong and mighty, it said. He was intelligent, uh, educated, and intellectual, and very respected in Egypt, 
but he wasn't truly an Egyptian. He, and though he was raised by them, he wasn't really one of them. So there's this complication, this identity crisis. He's all settled into the Egyptian lifestyle. He belongs to a degree, but not totally. And Moses has to climb out of this nest. He has to climb out of this place and run through a wilderness that he had never been before. I, I mean, he didn't know anything about survival techniques. He'd grown up in a palace. And here he is out there in the wilderness trying to figure out, uh, what plant do I eat? <laughs> Where do I find water here? <laughs> How do I extract water out of a cactus? What do I do if I'm bit by a snake? <laughs> I mean, he had to figure it all out because he's in a new place now. <laughs> he's in an uncomfortable place. Moses, you're not in Egypt anymore. <laughs> Now he's free from Pharaoh, but what am I going to eat? <laughs> so there's this complication. And if you know the story, now he ran into some Midianites. And Jethro, his father-in-law, who would become his father-in-law, kind of took him under his wings, taught him desert life 101. Here, eat that root. That'll give you some nourishment. Do this for snake bites. Here's how to find water. Right, so, so Jethro says to him, Moses, I've got some work for you to do. <laughs> work? What's that? <laughs> I've been raised in Pharaoh's house. We've got people who work for us. <laughs> and all, all of these things, uh, of all things that he could have been asked to do, the most lowly of jobs, really, Jethro asked him to tend sheep, shovel sheep manure. What a test. Can you do what you've got to do in the place where God has you? Can you not just survive but thrive in that situation? Can you learn the lessons God has for you in the place he's placed you so you can move forward into the new thing he has for you? And will I obey when nothing makes sense? Now here was Moses, a man who knew incredible luxury and absolute wealth, being stripped of it all. <laughs> and I imagine the enemy was whispering in his ear, where's your God now, <laughs> you mighty man with a calling on your life? Moses means being drawn out. I thought you had a calling on your life. I thought you were a mighty man. I thought there was a general in you. And all you're going through out here in a desert, survival techniques, in a place you didn't even grow up in. But Joel 2.25 says this. He redeems the years the locusts have eaten. He redeems the years. I hope you can hear that today. He redeems the years the locusts have eaten. Because in one quick moment, you know the story, everything changes. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't looking for it. He just walks up on it. Wait, what? <laughs> A burning bush? I mean, it's burning. It's not being consumed. I, what is this? And in and, and the King James Version, it says that Moses turned aside to see. It, in another translation, it said that he had gone over to look. I don't know what it means, but it's drawing me. 
right? God didn't speak to Moses when he simply saw the burning bush. It's when the Bible says that, that when he went, was, went to the bush, not just when he saw it, when he was drawn to it. It's in, in essence, God is saying, now I can talk to you on another level. When he turned to where God was, he encountered his presence. How bad do you want God to keep turning toward him, even in the middle of the sheep pasture, the broken road? When God saw that Moses turned toward him, God called him. He said, Moses, take off your shoes. The ground you're standing on is holy ground. I imagine Moses saying, this ground I've been walking on for 40 years? This is nothing but a sheep pasture. What's holy about this ground? And in essence, God's saying, this is holy ground because I am here. You know, how often we don't like the ground of today. <laughs> right? We think God's not in this. When we were at Ministers and Mates Retreat last fall, uh, our general superintendent, Dr. Crocker, reminded us, he said, God was not surprised by COVID. <laughs> we, we think God's not in this, the crazy twists and turns of the season we're in, the, the Omicron, the economy, the stress, the inflation, the uncertainty. God can't be in this broken road. I mean, we don't like the ground of today, but every place, every stage of your life and my life is holy ground because God is there. If you are a Christ follower, <laughs> your life is so squarely in his hands. I mean, some people worship the last stage. And maybe some would say, well, I'm not growing here. <laughs> Turn aside to seek a fresh encounter with a living God. Turn aside and discover the burning bush right in your midst, right where you are. And when we do, we discover God is going to use even this. Even this. I imagine if God were to continue the conversation with Moses, he would have said, here's why you're here, Moses. If I would have let you lead 40 years ago, I would have let you lead the children of Israel into a wilderness that none of you had been before. But now you have credibility and wisdom and, and understanding and experience through the things you suffered. And how amazing to think this. Who else but Moses, who spoke the language of the palace, who, who knew the protocol, the procedures, who knew who to talk to, who knew what he was up against. He knew Egypt. And now he knows the desert. God has a way of taking all the disconnected pieces of our life, all the things that make no sense, you know, how you suffered, who didn't raise you, who didn't love you, things you learned how to do that made no sense, things that look like delays, the disconnected pieces of your life. But God says, nothing that you have been through shall be wasted. Not one tear that you shed, not one thing that you learned, nobody who left you, nothing that you had to endure has been wasted. 
He will use everything, every single thing that you have been through to get you ready for what he is about to do in your life. So God said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So he does. And he says, I am that I am has sent me. I'm on a divine mission. (laughs) And he, if you know the story, brought out the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt. He could bring them out because he had been out. I mean, you can't really bring people to a place you've never been. Don't drink that water, it's not good. Well, how do you know, Moses? (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Here's what you do for snake bite, I can help you with that. (laughs) I know because I've been there. (laughs) I mean, nothing that you and I have been through will be wasted. 40 years in Egypt and 40 years leading sheep in the desert and it's in those 40 years of living in obscurity in the desert in that broken place on that broken road that God does his best work on Moses revealing himself to Moses and 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 humbling him and ultimately rebuilding him and now he's leading not sheep but people through the wilderness Romans 8:28 one of my favorite verses and I hope you take this with you today it says this and we know that in all things in all things <laughs> in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose in all things Now, all things may not feel good, but all things work together for good as we place it in his hands. So what is it in your life, in the spiritual realm, that God does not want you to waste? What is it that God wants to redeem and use for his purpose? Because wherever you are on this road, you may think, man, this is nothing but a battle. It's actually a training exercise. (laughs) Nothing that you've been through shall be wasted. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, teach us through these strange and uncertain times, oh God, to hold fast to your word, to look to you, to place our faith and trust in you and in your grander purposes, your greater plans, oh God, for us. And we will go forward in confidence knowing nothing in our life has been wasted. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Peace that flows like a river Washing over
service. Thank you, Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. Let's close with a word of prayer. Lord, we do say thank you. We thank you for your promise your, to be with us, to go before us, to use everything, oh God, in our life, the past, the present, the future, oh God, and weave it all together, oh God, God, as we place it in your hands for our good and for your glory. 
us to go forward with God confidence, with a heart filled with peace, with the joy of the Lord being our strength, knowing that you go before us, walk beside us, and will carry us in your ways. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, and we praise you again in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a great day. Thank you.